often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 406. Six. 466. <laughs> yeah, that might have been a slowdown because I need to re-look at that. But uh, yeah, episode 466, I'm your host, Josh Albrecht. Once again, inside the Slapbox penthouse. And, uh, you know, I got the shot at Powerball like I always do on Saturday nights. But I've got another little shot. That's some money since I've had the Johnson & Johnson shot. No blood, co- blood <laughs> no blood clots as of yet. But Missouri now has the uh, COVID uh, vaccine uh, lottery. So uh, if you've been vaccinated in Missouri because only like 40-something percent of Missouri, if that, has been vaccinated, you can enter into a lottery to win $10,000. So I got that to look forward to, possibly. 900 individuals, I believe, can win the 10 grand. Uh, I think, what is it, 40%. There's like over a little over 6 million residents in Missouri, so like over 40% is, you know, something only like, you know, 2.5 million or so, roughly, <laughs> of residents have been vaccinated. And so, you know, there's... Better odds, I guess, than Powerball there. Uh, I don't know what the odds on Powerball. It's it's pretty bad. Pretty fucking bad. But, uh, yeah, and I believe uh, Missouri's talking about doing other awards for people, uh, rewarding other other ways for people that have been vaccinated. I had seen stuff about possible, like, gift cards and stuff because, like, nobody, you know, there's still over half the population here that uh, will not get vaccinated. So, uh, but yeah, you go to covidvaccine.mo.gov if you got the uh, sweet, sweet shot. That uh, then you can, uh, you have to enter in your information, say where you got vaccinated, what date, um, and then if you are selected as a winner, you have to prove it. So you have to have uh, your vaccination record to get the the uh, money there. And I would assume um, that they're probably going to take taxes out of that. But hey, it's money you don't have, so maybe don't count on ten grand. Uh, it says uh, on their uh, website here, it does say BMO VIP winner. Uh, Mo VIP is our state's vaccine incentive program, rewarding those who have chosen or will choose to receive a COVID nineteen vaccination. Starting July, the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services will partner with the Missouri Lottery to draw 180 winners. Oh, shit, I thought it was 900. Damn it. To draw 180 winners and find randomized drawings who will win either $10,000 cash or $10,000 towards an education savings account. In total, the state will award 900 individuals throughout the incentive program. Oh, I see, I see. It is 900. So it's 180 winners in five. Okay, I felt like I was cheated on information. <laughs> Let's see, uh, yeah, so that's that's fun. Um, I believe that they were talking about other possible uh, dealios, though. Um, yeah, it's still just saying. <laughs> oh, even if you're a bit younger, even than eighteen, you can still have a shot. Oh, I see. Okay, if you're 18 and over, then you can win the straight-up cash because uh, there's like a red the winner prizes and categories, the red category or whatever. It's Missourians 18 and up. If you're a Missourian 18 years of age or older and received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine on or after July 21st. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Okay, that okay, that's in the red. On or after, you may register for a chance to win ten grand in the red category, white, which apparently I'm in the white category, of course. Cracker as always. Um 
If you are a Missourian, 18 years of age or older, and received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine before July 21st, you may register for a chance to win $10,000 in the white category. Uh, I was thinking maybe there was differences there, but I guess they just are trying to point out. I guess they're doing that just to, so they know if this program's working, I guess. And then the blue categories is for Missourians 12 to 17. And that is, uh, if you're a Missourian between ages 12 to 17, yada, yada, you may register for a chance to win ten grand in education savings account through the Missouri State Treasurer's Most 529 program. So, so that's fun. Oh, here we go. Here's a breakdown on when, uh, so the July 21st, which as I record, this is 24th. So it, that the 21st is when registration opened. So it's only been open for a couple of days at this point. Uh, and then entries are accepted until uh, 11.59 p.m. on August 11th. And uh, then on the 13th of August, then they will start doing drawings, I guess. And then uh, they will have 80 winners in each the the red white and blue categories there so 80 well 80 of the first two and then of the younger there's a of the college savings accounts there's only 20 but then they're going to do that drawing five times i guess up into the last drawing will be october 8th so so that's good that's it's interesting now i know other states had uh bigger lottos of uh, like a million dollars. I'm saddened I didn't get that. Or, well, you know, I haven't even gotten the 10 grand. <laughs> but at least, at least this make, this makes more sense, I think, doing it this way. Uh, is that, uh, you know, you have a lot more recipients of this award money. And I think, I think that has a better shot. Because the whole point of this, obviously, is to get people more willing to get vaccinated. Though I would, you know, love to get my hands on a million dollars. Ten grand would be great. That would help me out a lot right now. But it wouldn't be completely life-changing. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to pay off my mortgage with that, that kind of cash. Um, but maybe I could go back to Ireland, if say, if I uh, did that. Like one one more go-round to the Emerald Island. Or do something silly like buy the Adam Jones Gibson Signature VOS. Well, not the VOS. The VOS is the is that the signed and aged one. That one's worth even more. That shit's getting ridiculous. But you know, I could have a shot at doing that if I had ten grand, like one of his his the, the lower end model, not the one that's aged and everything, but his signature Gibson. Or I could hold out for the studio version, which is probably going to be in the three thousand dollars range. Not the obscenely astronomical, like, holy shit, I need to sell a kidney to get a guitar. Um, but, yeah, that's cool. At least I get uh, some chances that it went in there. Um, hopefully it does inspire more people to uh, get injected because uh, it's you know it sucks that uh, this shit just keeps running rampant if uh, we could, uh, you know, just get this virus done and over with. That'd be great. Great for everyone involved. Um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> I've been I've been uh, in the what little free time I have, as I've still been working a lot of hours and uh, not much sleep. Um, I have been getting back into watching some older films, as I did uh, watch Karate Kid two and three over the last uh, week. Which classic films? I hadn't seen either of those shit since maybe the the 90s. I don't know. It's been a long time. Classic stuff. Strange thing, though. It seems that Daniel De La Russo looks younger in the third installment <laughs> than he does in Karate Kid 1 and 2. I mean, he was boggling my, my mind. It seemed very odd that... Uh, Netflix also does have currently right now the uh, next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank, which I remember watching that once, I think. And, you know, it wasn't Daniel De La Russo. So, I, you know, maybe I'll feel differently about it now if I watch it. But it 
it's not in my queue right now. It's not <laughs> number one. Uh, one, but better than the Karate Kid, I think. Well, the Karate Kid original, I don't know if it's better than that, but I did watch the Stallone fucking classic over the top. I haven't seen that since maybe the 80s. <laughs> Uh, over the top is so good, so classic. I, it's amazing to me this movie exists. The whole premise, you know, essentially Stallone is arm wrestling for the custody of his son, which he abandoned, and then all of a sudden he's just trying to get back into his life. It's a, uh, <laughs> it in a way it kind of reminds me if you've seen the movie and I guess it was in the early '90s Dutch with Ed O'Neill. And uh, he, he, it's not his uh, biological son, but he is uh, marrying this kid's mom. And he's doing the whole get to know you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be your stepdad, so let's, let's get to know each other. And they do like a road trip movie, which is sort of what they do, of course, with uh, Over the Top. But uh, Dutch is a classic fucking movie as well. Not saying it's, over the top good, but it's it's pretty good, pretty good. Love love some Dutch. Uh, anyway, over the top. I mean, holy shit! It's it's not Demolition Man. I'm not saying it's Stallone's, uh, you know, epic most epic movie ever. Um, it's it's not Rambo Four. That movie's fantastic. I fucking love that shit. That is the best of the Rambos. But over the top, it's just the movie poster alone that is. <laughs> The fucking like it is so, eighties awesomeness. The fucking over. Oh, I love me. Oh, I gotta, I gotta pull this up. Top. I might have to get an over the top poster and put it in the uh, podcast room. Where's the fucking canvas? I don't have the money for that, but <laughs> it would be fucking great. The you get the. Uh, <laughs> it's so fucking epic. <laughs> Uh, like the original movie poster, you got, okay, uh, Lincoln Hawk is Stallone's character's name. Which I feel like when they were, I don't know if Stallone wrote this, or uh, I feel like I'm probably going to have to pull this up on my phone to get my laptop here. It's not being the most friendly, uh, so we'll pull this up over the, yeah, the phone will we'll find it real fucking fast. Over the fucking top. Legend Airy. 1987 is when that was released. Fucking Robert Loja. Uh, okay. It doesn't look like... Yeah, Stallone was... Oh, I guess he was uh, involved in writing it, but uh, there were several fellas that were involved. Uh, Gary Conway, David Engelbach, Sterling Siliphant, and of course, Sylvester motherfucking Stallone. Uh, I was quite curious whether or not he, uh, and, uh, Menahem Golan directed, uh, IMDB only rating it 5.8 out of 10. I feel like they, uh, could, they could be more generous to that. It is <laughs> so classic. You got, uh, the, but the movie poster here, it's Stallone and he's fucking, you see the veins popping out in his arm and he's just fucking, he's got the clenched fist. He's got. He's like bringing it up, like he's about to like fucking just jack you with an uppercut. And well, I know maybe it's more of a hook than an uppercut, but. <laughs> and then it's got the hawk, because in it, it, he again his name is Lincoln Hawk. That's fucking. They the, when they were writing that, like Stallone is sitting there. Hey, I feel like he had to come up with that. <laughs> like, hey, you know, like, we need to sound like American, you know, like Lincoln Hawk. You know, like, <laughs> I feel like Eagle would be more American, but, you know, Hawk does sound, Lincoln Hawk does sound better than Lincoln Eagle. Uh, <laughs> but the, they have, since his name's Hawk, on the front of his truck, of course, he's got the uh, Hawk uh, on top of the grill. Just big old silver Hawk on the front. And, uh <laughs> Uh, so you got that like behind his head on the movie poster. There's a big hawk, and what? There's st- several, I guess, versions of this movie poster. This is like the like draw, like the painting version, which is is pretty fucking great. 
And then uh, you got the hawk gleaming in the sun. There's the light beams and shit hitting it. And then you've got his uh, <laughs> his big semi fucking hitting a car right uh, in front of him as he's just, again, like swinging that fist out. Like he's just fucking, he's going to go over the top. He's going to take it. He's going over the top. That movie poster is so good. <laughs> uh, which the movie poster, that movie poster is rated 4.5 out of 5 stars on Amazon. So at least the movie poster is, uh, you know what, I'm going to have to pull that up. Hold on. We're going to pull this up on uh, <laughs> $7. $7 for, oh, that's 11 by 17. I want the, like, the bigger poster. Oh, you can buy his hat too. The hat he wears in the trucker hat, you can get that for twenty eight ninety five. So, oh, uh, that that's fantastic. Lincoln Hawk hat over the top. I feel like I really need that now. <laughs> Fucking Lincoln Hawk. Oh, uh, I gotta read. There's somebody's got to give some classic reviews to this. Man, people are some people rated this two stars. No, no one stars though. Uh. There's, oh, come on, great, good quality. Somebody's got to have some, oh, here we go. <laughs> Here's a more in-depth review by Mr. Barry W. He's got, uh, I recently got my first apartment after finally moving out of my parents' house. Don't make fun of me. This was in 2010. Doesn't specify an age either, so. Uh, there wasn't much on the walls as I have been devoting most of my extra money towards uh, buying furniture and other things for my new place. Needless to say, it was quite embarrassing to bring a lady back to my apartment and have absolutely nothing on the walls. Uh, Welcome to my world, buddy. Uh, (laughs) I really needed something to help express my personality while watching my Blu-ray of Over the Top. Nice, man. You got that shit on Blu-ray. I thought to myself, maybe there is a B.A. Over the Top poster out there. Oh, I guess it's saying badass over the top poster out there somewhere. Lo and behold, there is. I splurged a bit and got the black aluminum frame. And I must say that it looks very nice. It's on my wall right above my pull-out couch and really helps tie together my media center. It's really just the couch and my TV. This over the top poster helped make my first apartment into my first home. And I can't wait to bring someone home for them to see it. Uh, I have a feeling like they're not going to appreciate it. Like it needs to be appreciate, appreciated. 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 <laughs> but if she does love it, you know she's the one, buddy. You know Mr. Barry W. She loves that over-the-top poster. You've got a winner. And it's time for you to go over the top. <laughs> uh there's a surprising number of reviews. <laughs> oh, there's Caitlin Southards. Obviously, if he gets Caitlin Southards over there, um, he'd be in good luck. She rated this in her five star rating of it. It says greasy in the with a smiley uh, face there, and then it says, "I can see every drop of baby oil." Thank you. Ugh. I this uh, I think I still think that this is like the best part of Amazon a lot of times is just reading the the reviews. Some people just like really put some effort into their reviews. There's not that there's just only a few reviews on this one sadly. It's got 4 out of 4 out uh, 4.4 out of uh, 5 stars though. And the like 5 star of the reviews 67% have uh, given five stars. That's, oh, I guess only 23 global ratings, though. There's not, like, a whole lot of people that rate it. Um, and only six reviews. But uh, I feel like it needs to be bigger. If you're going to go over the top, do you got to go with a massive poster. Back to the fucking film, though. Like, holy shit. <laughs> There's just so much goodness about it. And if you... Uh, love listening to podcasts. Definitely go to How Did This Get Made? They have an episode on that. It's uh, Paul Shear, uh, Jason Manzukis, and June Diane Raphael that uh, do that podcast. And they've got a classic one where they talk about Over the Top and how it got made, and it's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> but holy hell, I mean, 
I just love there's at the very beginning, like he he's going to pick up his son from the military academy as he has been completely 100 percent absent from this kid's life up until now, (laughs) which they never exactly say why the fuck he left. You get the impression that like his grandfather who's played by Robert Loja, Robert Loja, I fucking love Robert Loja. But uh, <laughs> just that voice. I fucking love Robert Loja's voice. And it, with the exception of like Big, it seems like the big movies I remember uh, Loja from, like he's playing a bad guy. I think Scarface and Over the Top. Like he's definitely the antagonist. He's a good antagonist in a movie. I still, I still, I mentioned this several weeks ago, talking about Scarface. I don't buy him as a Cuban. Do not buy him. Robert Loja, yeah, I'm from Cuba. <laughs> uh, Frank Lopez. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you got uh, Stallone in the very beginning. He's cleaning his truck. He is, like, detailing this fucking thing as he's getting ready to go pick up his kid. You see him, like, cleaning the fucking tires. He's using armor all on the tires. Like, you imagine, like, this montage of him cleaning this fucking semi... And you don't get, like, a full view of the semi. So you're thinking, like, oh, man, this semi is going to be fucking pristine, right? And then they show him driving to, like, the kid's fucking graduation or whatever from the uh, military academy. And, uh, <laughs> and well, I guess it's just regular end of school year. The kid's fucking young as shit. Uh, and uh, it's like, oh, no, this is a piece of shit semi. And then... Uh, <laughs> Of course, he goes and picks up his kid. The kid's expecting his grandfather, and then his father shows up because his mother's dying of cancer, uh, and she wants him to be in, uh, go live with his dad and uh, not his grandfather, Robert Loja, who's got a lot of money and could probably better take care of this child. And it seems like in the beginning, the child wants nothing to do with his father. So I don't, you know, in real life, I don't know that this would actually happen. Like, why? Like, I feel like that's, like, the biggest downfall of this movie is that they never really go into depth of why the fuck he left. Why why Lincoln Hawk, one of the most American names (laughs) of a fucking character in a movie, Lincoln motherfucking Hawk, uh, why he, he took off. I feel like we might need some more explanation on that. More of a deep dive. Maybe they cut that out. Maybe that was an extended over-the-top version. Maybe we get, like, a director's cut. We could get some answers there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that seems a little odd, that that whole dynamic. and Like, he is, like, the... Would seem like Robert Loja's got some legitimate beef. I mean, the guy just fucking took off, right? But the the greatness of this movie just lies in the the. It gives the impression that like every fucking truck driver also is like a <laughs> arm wrestler. <laughs> like I I have to wonder is there uh is every truck driver <laughs> an arm wrestler is this part of part of part of the thing they hide porn for uh, young children to find to become men. Uh, and uh, they're also they also have to do arm wrestling. <laughs> Let's see. When you put in truck driver arm wrestling, then it's like arm wrestling movie. It's just bringing it up over the top. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's five. There's five movies that are about <laughs> arm wrestling truck drivers. This must be a thing, right? Uh. Um, I'm trying to find. Yeah, I don't know that there are. It's like, is there? <laughs> uh, it's such a fucking great. It's so bad and great at the same time. But uh, yeah, I get. There's apparently other movies that involve um over the top is so uh. In your face, but it gives you the impression, though, that all these motherfucking truck drivers are also arm wrestlers. Uh, damn it, this thing is. <laughs> I 
I clicked on a website that has way too many. <laughs> oh, that's all <laughs> top five. This is <laughs> okay. I I really like this. What this website did is <laughs> okay. This is uh ultimateactionmovies.com and it says uh. Sylvester Stallone's top five movies about arm wrestling truck drivers. This is fantastic. This is a good... uh, (laughs) The most over-the-top arm wrestling truck driver action movies by Sylvester Stallone. The great Sylvester Stallone has a pretty ultimate action movie career. However, if there's any action movie subgenre in which Sly really shines, it's the father-son truck driving arm wrestling tournament epic. If you'd like to see our regular list of the best Stallone action movies, then this is the article for you. But if you're here to... S- oh. Oh, well, then... Uh, but if you're here to see our list of the most ultimate arm wrestling truck driving action movie b- movies by Stallone, then check out our top five selections below. Oh, I guess it gives another list for you to clock on, uh, click on for other <laughs> top five action. Anyway, okay. So, Over the Top, 1987, number five. While not his quite, his quite his greatest arm wrestling truck driver movie, Over the Top, 1987, is really a Stallone classic. This movie has it all. Truck driving, arm wrestling, a whiny kid, a rich grandfather, a dying mother who looks like David Bowie, you name it, Over the Top has it. Number four on the list. I feel like I should talk like Casey Kasem, but I haven't listened to Casey Kasem in a long time, so I'm kind of hard to do the impression. Number four, Over the Top, 1987. Shocker. I thought he had way more of these. Um, Another Salad Stallone arm wrestling truck driving action movie, Over the Top, is a great example of just how versatile of an actor Stallone really is. In this canon film's classic, Stallone shines as Lincoln Hawk, a blue-collar truck-driving American who just wants what we all want, our son back. And how do you get him back? Well, you bootstrap yourself up and kidnap him for a rough-and-tumble cross-country road adventure where you can make up for lost time and be the ultimate father in which you're truly meant to be. Let me go down here. Number three. Can you guess what it is? Over the top, 1987. <laughs> In a somewhat surprise selection here, at number three, over the top, and is, is an unappreciated Stallone truck-driving arm-wrestling vehicle that really hits on all cylinders. Not only does over the top have some great car chases and fight scenes, it also has the most balls-to-the-wall arm-wrestling tournaments put to film. I would concur 100% with that. <laughs> number two on the list, this is a real shocker. Over the top, not to be the real, not now to the real good stuff. Released in '87 by Canon Films, Over the Top was actually directed by Menahem Golan himself. Sylvester Stallone captivated audience in the story of a long haul truck driver who tries to win back his alienated son while becoming a champion arm wrestler. It truly is some of Stallone's most heartfelt work and vastly overshadows his Rocky and Rambo efforts in terms of its truck driving and arm wrestling scenes. And finally, our number one film on the list, Over the Top, 1987. That's right, you read us right. Our number one most ultimate truck driving arm wrestling Stallone action movie is none other than Over the Top, 1987. Where to begin? Cinema itself has never known a movie to pack more badass ultimateness into one picture. From the scenic opening montage of Stallone driving his truck up a mountain to the awe-inspiring ending where Stallone gets back his son and his new truck by winning the most ferocious arm wrestling tournament ever. Over the top is the Citizen Kane of Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling truck driving action movies, period. That are That is some strong words. Strong words, because he did so many of those. 
Uh, but I agree 100% with that list. <laughs> Just for the record. Anybody that's, you know, listening there. And uh, I, I dare you to argue that fact with me. Um, but holy shit, that movie's got so much goodness in it. There's, uh, uh, there's, you know, the first the kid fucking hates him. He abandoned him. Lincoln Hawk abandoned him. And uh, the kid's, you know, he's not coming to terms to it too well. And uh, there's some, the I think the most difficult thing for me to believe in that movie, you know, to suspend my belief, has got to be the scene where the kid's driving the fucking semi. There's no fucking way <laughs> this little child... <laughs> who's all of, like, you know, three foot something, uh, can push the clutch all the way in on that fucking truck and shift. Although Stallone is helping him shift. There's no fucking way that kid's pushing that clutch all the way in to fucking drive. <laughs> Much less pushing the gas pedal. There's no fucking way he's able to hit that fucking clutch um, without, like, four cinder blocks attached to his feet, you know? Um, <laughs> that being said, though, that semi is pretty great. I just love the montage which is possibly the best montage and it is where Stallone shows his kid how to really work out. You know, he's been in the military academy. That ain't nothing. Lincoln Hawks workout routine on the road is where it's at, motherfuckers. Like he's working out, he's on the grill doing fucking push-ups and shit and then you see him while he's driving. He's driving this big rig. He's got his old big old rig, those big ass fucking guns of Stallone. He's got one arm on the steering wheel. And again, this is a manual. <laughs> and the other arm, his shifting arm, the old right arm, is busy lifting weights. And he's got... Oh, fucking... Oh, man, that is that part is so great. He showed, like, the kid, oh, yeah, you got to, like, lift it. You got to work on your guns, you know, while you drive. You got to multitask here, you know, because you're going to be a truck driver. You also have to be an arm wrestler, so you got to get everything in here, you know? <laughs> but holy shit, he's, like, lifting the weights with the, uh, <laughs> with the right arm while driving. That's one of my favorite parts, Definitely. And then, uh, of course, you know, you, when he finally gets after, you know, uh, Robert Robert Loja uh, kidnaps the kid back, which, t I mean, Stallone sort of kidnaps the kid, but his mother said, you know, she wanted Stallone to take him back. Is that kidnapping? It's, it's his father. I would say Robert Loja is the one that did the fucking kidnapping. He's fucking had some people straight up. And the kid, by this point in the film, has decided he wants to be with his dad like he has seen the uh the man in action arm wrestling and he's like holy shit my dad is a fucking action hero like oh yeah yeah look at this kid like i'll fucking show you i can't read books but i <laughs> i can drive a big rig and fucking hey, look at these eyes you know i don't fucking I don't fuck around huh? But uh, the kid's, like, falling in love with him. Yeah, and side note, before we get to, you know, Loja kidnapping, there's a <laughs> great scene where uh, he uh, takes uh, his son into, uh, like, this truck stop, you know, because that's what you, where you stop when you're on the, on the road in a big rig. Uh, and he fucking challenges this other kid. He's like, hey, I got this kid here. He'll kick your ass. He's a fucking arm wrestling. You want to fucking take him on? And they're like this classic poster child of uh, bad kids in the 80s. He's got the big hair and shit and just like spiky, kind of spiky-ish hair. <laughs> and just he's got the, the fucking glove with the fingers cut out in it. It's like, yeah, I'll fucking take it. And this dude's like, hey, take the fucking glove out. Yeah, I was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> the kid gets his ass kicked in the first one, but Sloan's pointing out, hey, two out of three, you know, two out of three, you know? And so then the kid gets his ass kicked, the first one, and then uh, he gets all upset and goes around running out crying. Sloan's got to talk to him and everything. The kid's like, <laughs> like, uh, why did you do that? Why did you like uh, embarrass me like that? You just did that to make, make me look bad. And and all that shit, whatever. As he's crying, he's like, hey, "You know, like I, I'm fitting you, you know. Like you don't go back in there, you don't take this out." I'm like, 
Oh, you, you lose a win, you know? Like, you're going to regret this the rest of your life. Like, you got to go back in there. You're going to regret it the rest of your life. Like, no, no. I feel like <laughs> later in his life, I'm like, what the fuck? My dad, like, forced me to fucking arm wrestle this fucking punk-ass kid and uh, this random punk-ass kid and the truck stuff. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> my mom was dying of cancer. My dad forced me to arm wrestle this kid. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I should have went back in there and kicked his ass, but... <laughs> I feel like as an adult, I'd be like, that was one weird fucking thing. Why did I have to go arm wrestle this kid? My mom was literally dying of cancer. I missed her death because we were on the road, and then my grandfather had me kidnapped. Uh, but yeah, it's not long after that that Robert Loggia sends his goons. Uh, he's like, go go get my, my grandson. We're taken away from this deadbeat father, Lincoln Hawk. And then uh, he goes back and... The kid doesn't want anything to do with his his rich ass grandfather too. By the way, he's got a fuck ton of money, and uh, the the epic end where Stallone finally makes it to Vegas for this fucking championship. The uh, <laughs> and it, this is the the mother's already dead at this point. She's she's died of cancer, and that's it. That we don't we don't really care about her anymore. Um, a few tears are shed by the kid, I guess, and Stallone's like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. I'm here in time, you know? Uh, but we still don't, we never get any really info on what was actually going on between the relationship of Stallone and the mother. Like, uh, you know, it's 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 a mystery. He's just, I'm out of here. Fuck this. I'm going to drive my truck, you know? And uh, <laughs> then, of course, Stallone goes in and... Uh, Starts kicking ass while Loja, he's already signed off the rights to his kid. He's just assuming Robert Loja's got this. So Stallone's just going, he's fucking angry. He's going to fucking beat these dudes one by one. One arm at a fucking time. Lincoln Hawk is kicking ass and taking names at this uh, championship event. And you get the impression that all of these, again, all of these arm wrestlers must also be truck drivers because the number one prize is a big rig. This one big rig that's worth like a hundred grand or whatever, you know? <laughs> and then like I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever the fucking prize is. But the big rig <laughs> Which is much nicer than Stallone's. Very much nicer than the piece of shit that Stallone is like detailing at the beginning of the film. And then uh <laughs> you have the great montage of arm wrestling after arm wrestling and they have the one uh arm wrestler Grizzly who uh is one of defeats Stallone actually before he defeats him he drinks a uh, quart of motor oil <laughs> apparently that worked out for him and then when uh which I don't understand because at that point they're like in the finals and it has to be like a double elimination they announce and to be able to get out, so you have, like, I guess two shots at fucking winning at that point. But yet somehow Stallone is the only one of the group of finalists that seem to have lost. The others just seem to have lost once, so... <laughs> I feel like maybe they, you know, they were just trying to edit the movie, make it go faster. They didn't feel like they needed the other... to show the other losses by the other people. I'm assuming is what happened there, but it's like... How come Stallone's the only one that lost and was able to fucking continue on? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I love all the names of these people. Grizzly, Smasher, and all this stuff. Uh, there's my Possibly my favorite part of it. Well, there, it's a toss-up between what's favorite there being the the uh, lifting weights, but there's this. I, I got to play this clip. It's like they have the interviews at the end, like, or while the uh, finals are going on for this arm wrestling truckers fucking tournament is going on, which is extremely epic. I mean, it's going on in Vegas. The crowd is just going nuts. And these are like the longest arm wrestling matches you will ever fucking see. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> The eyes that they make and shit when they're fucking arm wrestling, it's just they're bulging out of their head and just breathing real heavy. It's just fantastic. But uh, 
this is the final when he's fighting Bull Hurley, which I believe he goes by Smasher or something like that too. Um, but they're doing these like interviews on the side, so you get kind of a feel. It's a of this, and I feel like this was like kind of loosely scripted, but Stallone probably ad libbed in the moment. But here, here we go. Let's see. What I do is I, I just try to take my hat and I turn it around, and it's like a switch that goes on. And when the switch goes on, I feel like another person. I feel, I don't know. I feel like a, like a truck, like a machine. I <laughs> just. I don't love that. Hey, you know, like when I when I'm going there, I turn my head around. It's like a switch, you know. It's a power, like I'm like I'm in it, like I'm like I'm a, <laughs> a truck. <laughs> like he, it totally looked like he's just completely free balling it there. I feel like they needed some B-roll stuff to like put in there. So like, hold on, get me in front of the truck. Let's just let's just roll. Let's just roll. That's just fucking great. I'm like a truck. <laughs> I don't know why I love that so much, but I do. Oh, uh, yeah, but, the, oh, man, Stallone. I still think my number one Stallone is Demolition Man. That movie's fucking amazing. Over the top, though. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty fucking good. Uh, but <laughs> it's like the... What is this, this streak, uh, secret, just res- arm wrestling league that's 100% combined with truck driving? And apparently there is a big audience for this, at least in Vegas. But I feel like Vegas, there's just big audiences for everything. Like you get, I imagine you're just walking on the strip, somebody just hands you tickets to go see truck drivers arm wrestling. Um <laughs> Uh, but, uh, <laughs> thank you for that Lincoln Hawk. Um, uh, other than that, I've been getting really back into, uh, just screenwriting and stuff. I haven't been writing anything, but I've been, uh, reading the classic book. I think it came out in 2003, 2004, something along that nature. I want to say 04. It's called Save the Cat you're interested in writing at all but it's one of the more famous silk silk screen fucking screenwriting books i'm not still reading silk screening books damn it um screenwriting books and uh the reason why it's called save the cat is because in a lot of films if you have an protagonist in the movie that you're not exactly a likable character that does some pretty awful stuff sort of an anti-hero then you want to have early in the film a save the cat scene, which is could literally be him, him or her, or whatever, uh, saving a cat, doing something that makes you care for the person. Like, oh, this not a complete fucking monster. There's there's some feeling in there. And it, uh, this is not a movie, but it, what it makes me think of a lot is uh, and Breaking Bad, like some of the stuff that makes you really care about Jesse. Mr. Pinkman, bitch. Uh, <laughs> there's a scene when uh, he's going to, uh, uh, after, I don't remember the crackhead's name, but they they rob Skinny Pete. And he's going to uh, get his money back and his drugs back. And uh, there's a scene where he's, like, uh, playing with a, a bug. Like, and he's not, like, killing it and everything. And then, of course, that's, like, a save your cat moment-ish. And then there's also, of course, when he goes over there, there's the kid that he ends up, like, helping. And uh, that uh, the crazy crackheads uh, are not taking care of whatsoever. But the, that's, you know, that really helped build the love for Jesse. Because originally in, in that show, they were going to kill him off in, like, the third episode or something like that from what I've... If I remember correctly from uh, listening to interviews with uh, Vince Gilligan. But uh, anyway, Save the Cat. It's got some fun stuff in there. It's got some interesting interesting things. Got some good exercises for uh, <laughs> for writing scripts. There's stuff like uh, you, you take uh, 
like a a serious movie and turn it into a comedy is like part of one one little exercise because like the first thing they they want you to work on is like a title and a log line for the film and then just kind of work around that and then you know slowly build out some kind of structure uh but <laughs> like one of the games is like funny blank so <laughs> like their example is pick a drama thriller or horror film and then turn it into a comedy. Example, funny, Christine. The haunted dream car of a teenage boy that ruins his life now becomes a comedy when the car starts giving dating advice. And, you know, I that's an interesting exercise, but I'll start thinking of way too fucked up shit. Way too fucked up shit. You know, like, <laughs> funny, Sophie's Choice. Like yeah, no, that that can't go funny. That just turns into fucking horrifying. That's that's horrifying. That is not. I don't know how you pick. <laughs> a a mother has to decide which child lives in a Nazi death camp. Like no, no, that I I can't uh, I can't turn that into a comedy. That doesn't work for everything. Um, <laughs> over the top, maybe that funny over the top. But it's kind of funny in general. I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't exactly work. A father. You, you just give it the normal tagline, and it's already or logline. Boom! <laughs> it could be a comedy. You read that, it could be a comedy. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the logline is there, but you can also do this in the opposite and do serious, whatever. Uh, you know, name a comedy. Uh, <laughs> serious wedding crashers. I don't know. I don't know why there could be a serious moment why you would need to crash wedding cuz I mean they're just doing it to pick up women. Um so I don't know how would, how that would entail like what exactly. Hmm. That's that's interesting. I don't know how that would work. Uh <laughs> It could work for the jerk. That's like my all-time favorite comedy. Serious j- the jerk. Uh cuz I mean he's he could be raised by a black family, but I don't know that he necessarily needs to believe that uh, he's going to turn black and that he's has to be told that he's still white. But I could see, you know, a kid being raised in like the 60s, 50s, 60s, whenever that, that time period, or, you know, even now, and gets is raised by a poor black family. And that can tur- that could easily be turned into a serious film. I mean, there's there's definitely, and like he could go on his way into uh, into business as he uh, creates the glasses, the uh, uh, shock absorbers that he puts on the glasses to where they don't slip off your nose. Like this could easily be turned into a serious film, although way better as a comedy. I mean, Steve Martin, fantastic in it when just like he has the moment of. Seeing his name in print in the phone book, and then of course his girlfriend uh, in the the carny girlfriend that rides the motorcycle when she gets the tattoo of his name on her, on her ass, where he then replies, "You know, I I bet more people see your ass than the phone book." <laughs> That's great, uh, <laughs> fantastic film. Uh, like I wonder if I was born, you know, say early 2000s or late 90s or something and I saw those films like now like would I would I love them as much as I do I don't know but maybe it's just because I grew up with those films I mean the jerk was made a little bit before I was born but you know over the top I was I was around in 87 I was six so I was able to watch it when it first came out so it was early enough to uh really ingrain itself into me. But, uh, (laughs) I'd like to think I'd still enjoy those films, seeing it as an adult. I definitely would probably enjoy The Jerk. There's just something so fantastic about that movie. Um, but it's an interesting, interesting book. Although there, you know, when you really start looking at the formulas of how movies are made, and that, you know, most screenwriters use structure and elements like same elements to create their stories and that it can seem like they're ripping each other off. And then you, when you know like how movies should work and seeing that it's all formulaic, it can really turn people off and not 
enjoy the films as much, you know, and you start thinking about shit way too much and you go, oh, well, this is going to happen now. But, uh, I know it doesn't seem to bother me so much. I know that some people they're like, oh, I just, I know exactly what's going to happen in the film. But, you know, I watch, I guess I watch more TV shows now than movies. And then those are structured differently and you could build out more in characters. I love me some character development. You know, I like to really have defined characters and just not black and white characters. I like to have a lot of gray, a lot of gray. So, you know, Breaking Bad kind of shit, you know, long extended character development. But then again, over the top, it's pretty amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, 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 so good. Uh, other than that, yeah, I've, I've watched a little bit of uh, some true crime stuff, some British stuff, but I, that wasn't that wasn't that great. Nothing really to speak of there. Uh, I know that uh, my my fingers are getting very callous from playing a lot of guitar lately. Like it is, it's weird. Like there's such hard calluses, and a lot of it's from bending. Learning the while my guitar gently weeps solo, but I've also been playing a little acoustic guitar, which really just like, cr- I mean, that is like hammers for fingers right now. Like there's like no feeling in there. I could like, I haven't tried to set them on fire or anything, but I feel like I could stab the tips of my fingers, and it probably wouldn't do anything. Like there is some th- one problem with that though, <laughs> it has created some. Uh, unique <laughs> situations, it's becoming very difficult for me to use my phone if I'm using my left hand. Not that I use my left hand for it a lot, but my calluses are so thick, like, it's not reading my finger. Well, I'm not an expert on how exactly touchscreens work on the phone, but from what I understand, it's like a heat thing. Like, I know if I'm sweating and the sweat hits the phone, it fucks with it. It thinks it's like it's getting hit by a finger. But, it, like, there's, like... <laughs> My fingertips are like dead in my left hand and I could try to scroll with that finger or whatever. It's not going to do shit. And, uh, it's, it's a little tricky now using, using the phone. I almost have to not use my fingertips because now I'm also started doing Blackbird again, a little bit on the guitar, the Beatles classic. And that requires some finger picking. And so I'm getting calluses on my right hand now too. So it's becoming difficult to scroll and do things on my phone with both hands. It's almost like I'm using <laughs> the middle part of my finger. I might have to start doing that to uh, use the phone. This this is tricky. Or, I get, well, I guess I could always do voice commands. But I, I don't want to do that. I That shit's annoying. I'd rather just use the old fingers. You know, swipe and pinch and all of that goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, the, it, playing more and more guitar though, I'm like, oh man. I if I end up getting <laughs> the sweet sweet lotto money from the vaccination, Missouri vaccination lottery, then uh, perhaps, perhaps I'll finally get a Gibson, made in America. I feel like it's probably made by somebody with a cool sweet ass American name like Lincoln Hook. Or at least they should change their name. If you're going to work for Gibson and build guitars, you should probably change your name to some something along the lines of Lincoln Hawk. I mean, that's that's what the hope for me is that... Uh, I mean, I don't really care if there are even immigrants making it. Like, Gibson's just fucking awesome, but... You should... If you're going to work for Gibson, <laughs> make yourself an American name. Then you're just going to have all the... The great the doors will start opening for you. Fuck, I might change my name to Lincoln Hawk. <laughs> Just the Lincoln Hawk show. Uh, I'd have to reformat this podcast if I I became Lincoln Hawk. I might have to start driving trucks. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll just uh, you know I, back to over the top again. What the fuck is Stallone really going to do with this kid? This is a very young kid. He's a truck driver. He's on the road all the fucking time. I guess the kid can take care of himself, but. It sounds like he just wants to take the kid on the road. And clearly, I mean, he says in the movie, basically, he, he's not a smart guy. Like, uh, like, how's the kid going to learn shit? Like, there's no fucking smartphone. There's no iPad. There's <laughs> Basically, the kid's just going to become a truck, truck driver. I mean, Stallone's, like, going to start. 
he's using the money from the the competition to start his own trucking company, which basically I assume is just him and the truck. <laughs> so I guess just the plan is for his kid to take over. You know, you get old enough, hey, you can only drive. You know, <laughs> we'll take turns. I see. Maybe they go like we should. I feel like there could be a sequel to this, where Mike Hawk, which I believe his son is Mike, if I remember correctly. Um, I feel like Mike Hawk takes over the business and they're like ice road truckers at this point. And still, because as a truck driver, you also have to arm wrestle. Mike is now arm wrestling. (laughs) Maybe for the custody of his son. I don't know what what scenario. He's got to have some epic reason. And then there's got to be a fall from grace, though. I feel like maybe... Maybe Stallone's dying on his fucking deathbed, and perhaps Mike's like, you know, oh, I know, they could have, like, Stallone, he's dying of cancer, right? Or what have you, some kind of horrible disease. And, uh, like, all the money from the trucking, the Hawk Trucking Company has been put up to try to, uh, you know, save Stallone. And, like, they've exacerbated the whole fucking thing. And uh, maybe Mike hasn't made all the greatest decisions in the world, you know? He's blown a lot of the other money. It could be just not just on, like, the surgery, but he's made poor decisions after taking over for his father as he's been ill. And the only way he can get back is go back to the same tournament that his father made. Holy fucking shit, I need to be writing this shit down. Holy shit. Uh, but yeah, he's he's got to go back to this tournament. His, his goal is to win the tournament that his father did. That's got it, you know, started this trucking company. He's doing it to save the company and his father. Or we could just really make it... Co- <laughs> oh, this could be totally different. We could make it during the pandemic. He's got... Stallone's got COVID. And he's on a fucking ventilator. And like then you got to do like the <laughs> no that that seems wrong that's gonna be hard because then you're not gonna have like an audience and stuff it's gonna be like paper cardboard cutouts with people in the audience and shit and you don't get it it's not as exciting there's they're gonna have to filter in fake noise and stuff that would be that would be the more comedy version of over the top I oh, man I feel like there's an over the t- I feel like there's some shit to this though I man I am uh. I'm liking this liking this uh stuff. I feel like this could actually be something that Stallone would be down for though. I mean over the top two, man. Um <laughs> there has to be over there has to be some kind of maneuver with uh I'm gonna have to watch some arm wrestling videos and see if like there's spe- specific moves that I could maybe steal. Something that like I could find. Like the over the top because the over the top is like this move that Stallone does in the film where he lets go of his uh uh index fingers there and like uh <laughs> like lets go of those like hold, keeps holding with the thumb but then like readjusts his fingers and goes over the top with the fingers and then gets that extra leverage by re- getting that new grip on there and goes over the top and then just it's fucking over as soon as he does that bam Lincoln Hawk is winning this shit. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I feel like this is this is definitely something that could happen. Like, I'm fucking dying, you know. we hey, we won this thing together, you know. You gotta go back for my honor, you know. Uh and it could be he could be fighting <laughs> Uh, he can fighting Bull Hurley's kid or Grizzly Jr. or something, you know? There could be some... There could be some big, big storylines there. But I feel like Mike, Mike Hawk, has got to have some, like, fall from grace. And then maybe he's... Maybe that brand... They're still driving that uh, truck that he won in 87. And it's in real disrepair. <laughs> And maybe Mike's a big Alki or something, you know? And he maybe even still owns, harbors some resentment 
over uh, Stallone, Mr. Lincoln Hawk, leaving him as a child. And perhaps on on Lincoln's deathbed, we could find out the true <laughs> reasoning behind him leaving uh, young Mike Hawk. <laughs> and uh, we get some real closure to this thing. I feel like we need some closure to, to over the top. I feel it's due time. Due time to turn the hat, get in the zone, become a truck. Uh, <laughs> oh, selling of the turn the hat, get in the zone, become a truck. That could be on like the movie poster. <laughs> oh, Mike, Mike has definitely got to, he's got to like turn the hat. He's got to have a hat and it's got to go backwards. He's got to do what his father, maybe, maybe there could have been, not just like Mike having like a fall from grace, but also Lincoln Hawk could have some falling from grace. Maybe he got banned from the tournament. Maybe he got caught uh, fucking <laughs> like juicing or something. I don't know. I feel like those tournaments probably had people with steroids in the back corner, like injecting these truck drivers with uh, steroids up their ass. But there's, there could be some fall from grace. Maybe... You know, there's not only is he is Mike Hawk trying to regain his father's, you know, like uh, well, his actual name is I guess Michael Cutler in the movie, but he could be just trying to uh, regain his uh, <laughs> his, yeah, all of this the the company his dad started and, and all that stuff, and uh, he's got to got to come back for his dad, make his dad proud as uh, shit has gone south as I'm looking at pictures of this guy the actor that that played him David Mendenhall it I mean he's not he's not a real big dude I was hoping maybe he'd be like jacked we might have to start injecting him with steroids as uh, classic pictures of this kid Uh, him with John Stamos Young John Stamos here. I feel, I guess David Mendenhall did most of his stuff as a uh, young child. It doesn't look like he's done a whole lot in recent years as far as acting is concerned. Perhaps he's done some writing. He's done some episodic work, it looks like, here and there. Not very consistently, it doesn't look like. Um, he's He's got 50... Rolls to his credit, though. It looks like he's done some... I guess he's done some voiceover work for cartoons. Which I... Uh, you know. That's good stuff. I feel like... Oh, he played, like I guess, one of the kids on Transformers, the cartoon. Like, uh, he... David... Wh- uh, Daniel Wh- Whitwicky, I guess, is what sh- ended up being the... Shia LaBeouf's character whenever they... Uh, ended up doing the... Uh, the final... The live-action film. But uh, he was in the Transformers cartoons back in the 80s as Daniel Whitwicky. Uh, I don't. Oh, he's done some soundtrack stuff? Maybe he's done. Hmm. I guess he's not much of an actor. But, uh, which we can always just find somebody else that looks kind of like the guy. There's, uh, <laughs> hmm. I don't, I'm not seeing that, yeah, much about it. Man, there's a big biography that uh, I'm not going to read. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, we could we could recast it with someone else. I don't know that he's going to be a good recast. I feel like it's got to be a big star, too. Maybe we could have, like, a, a Chris Pratt or something. I just love Chris Pratt, so anytime I hit behind anything, like action, and like that gives it some comedy. He's That guy's got some chops. I mean, he's fucking... He's Star Killer, man. That's good shit. Or you could do like a Chris Hemsworth or something. But uh I mean it would be fantastic at Pratt. <laughs> fantastic. And for him to turn although I don't know if Chris Pratt would do it, you know. I mean he's married in to the Schwarzenegger uh family. And that might be against like Arnold, you know. I mean Arnold has done the expendables now, but it's a Stallone vehicle. Although maybe maybe that'll be <laughs> it'd be great if Arnold was another retired truck driver in the film. 
Uh, that would be great just to have him in there. Is like uh, somewhere in there. Now, uh, this is this is good stuff. I think if we attach Pratt, well, there could be some some real because like it w- his kid would be about Pratt's age, give or take. You know, a Pratt or a Chris Hemsworth, something of that nature. He'd be about forty or so now. He'd be for in his forties, I guess. He'd be that kid's about my age. So that would that translates. So those guys are in their forties, and so that would that would work out. Get some Star Killer action. I'm I'm liking this. I'm liking this idea. I just got to get. I just got to DM Sylvester maybe on Instagram and tell him my idea for uh, Over the Top Two. We gotta have a good fucking second part of the name Over the Top Two, and I just come up with something there. I need to get Shelly on this. Oh, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I totally need to beat this out, write that shit down. Anyway, I think I think we're good here. I got the juices flowing. I'm thinking over the top. I am, oof. I'm going to drink, maybe drink a quart of motor oil and just, you know, uh, play some Call of Duty. Let's be real. I'm just going to get off here and probably play some Call of Duty, maybe some guitar. But I'll be thinking about over the top too. And maybe one of these days I'll uh, pen this fucking... Empire Strikes Back of a sequel. I mean, it is going to lead to probably a trilogy. Maybe some prequels. <laughs> it will be the over-the-top franchise when I get into this action. It will be what, you know, puts me on the map finally. I'll be the guy that shit the bed in Russia and wrote Over the Top 2. The Empire Strikes Back of the over-the-top franchise. Who am I kidding, though? You can't beat the original. But, I mean, the two could be good. Get him with Pratt. Get some Pratt. I'm really feeling Pratt for this one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really all I got. As always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.